It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. What is up, everybody? It is Crossover Thursday on today's show. We have Locked On Chargers, Locked On Cowboys, Monday Night Football, one of the games of the week for sure. And today I'm joined by Marcus Mosier. I am Danny Wade from Locked On Chargers. What's up, Marcus? How you doing, man? Not great. I mean, listen, (laughs) coming off a a loss like that, it's... it's... Uh... It's pretty depressing and demoralizing, and it feels like this Monday night game cannot get here fast enough. Yeah, man. I mean, I think the nice thing is obviously the Chargers have been a get-right team for other teams before, but today we're going to be getting into what the biggest storylines are for the Chargers. Kellen Moore revenge game? I know that'll be a big topic going into this week, and we'll talk about the biggest matchups and what it's going to take for each of these teams to pick up a huge Monday night football win in prime time, but... Today's episode is brought to you, of course, on Crossover Thursday by Price Picks. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Make sure you guys go to prizepicks.com slash LockdownNFL and use the code all lowercase LockdownNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. So, kind of already said it, Marcus. I mean, for Chargers fans, for this game, to me, it has a lot to do with Kellen Moore just because that was kind of the drama of the offseason, right? Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys decide to part ways with Kellen Moore. Chargers offense has been pretty good. There have been some frustrations on the Dallas side offensively, especially with integrating, you know, new players like Brandon Cooks. And just, I think, to take Lane and McCool's uh, quote from, I think, your last show, just like a little clunky offensively for the Cowboys so far this year, even with, you know, 330-plus point games. But obviously, a lot of that has to do with the defensive side of things as well. So what have been your thoughts of the Cowboys offense so far post-Kellen Moore? It's been strange. There's been a couple games like against the Giants. They looked fantastic. Against the Jets, I thought that was one of the better offensive performances that they've had in a while. Just they looked crisp. Uh, they were able to move the ball up and down the field. But when they play a team like the 49ers, it just seems like they're very discombobulated. And there's nothing that they can hang their hat on right now. They're not running the ball particularly well. CeeDee Lamb is a little bit frustrated with his role in the offense. There are some certain growing pains that the Cowboys are going through right now. You just wonder, is that going to be all season long or will they eventually figure things out? Yeah. And I think from the charter side of things, I think most charger fans are happy with what they've gotten from Kellen Moore. And I think a lot of that probably has to do with the large amount of disdain that they had for Joe Lombardi Lombardi. before it was just like, Hey, get us something different. And I think in a lot of ways, Kellen Moore has, really cashed in on things he said he would do as far as having it be a more vertical passing attack or passing attack than in years past a lot less dink and dunk than we see and even though you know still a fair amount of wide receiver screens and things like that I'd say where the emphasis is for this team and where it's shown up for the Chargers in a negative way in the Kellen Moore experience is late in games I, I mean I think hearing from Cowboy fans in the past that was something of an issue where a lot of Cowboy fans had taken exception to how, you know, especially with 
last year ending on that Zeke Elliott play. And I know that comes up in my mind often when I'm seeing the Chargers kind of fail late in games where the Chargers in every game, you know, for someone who was talking about running up the score, right? That was with Mike McCarthy said, hey, you know, Kellen Moore always wants to run up the score. We're trying to kind of possess, run the clock, all of those things. But the Chargers haven't run up the score on anybody yet. They haven't really pulled away from anybody. And in every game, they've had a chance to either go win the game with a touchdown, to extend the lead and put a game away, right? Or just be able to run out the clock in the last two games offensively and both have ended in fourth and one disaster. So if there was a place where I'd say, hey, Kellen Moore has been good, but it would be in those late game situations. And I'm sure, you know, you've had some experience with that. Yeah, and I think it comes down to, I don't think Kellen Moore has a specific scheme that he runs. It's not a West Coast scheme. It's not a Kyle Shanahan type of offense. He has a collection of really fun and unique plays. But when you get into certain situations, especially in the fourth quarter, when you got to have it, there's not always something that, you know, you try and true, hey, we can get eight yards on this play 100% of the time. But for the most part, Kellen Moore's a good offensive coordinator. He knows how to keep defenses on their heels. And that's why, uh, Daniel, I'm so fascinated to see this matchup because they spent so much time, you know, practicing against Dan Quinn's defense, Kelmore did. Is he going to know how to attack it the way Kyle Shanahan did after Kyle Shanahan spent years with Dan Quinn in Atlanta? Or is this a game where Dan Quinn is going to know how to exploit Kelmore, use certain rushes and certain blitz packages to force Justin Herbert to throw the ball in certain spots I think that for me, that's the, the thing I'm looking forward to see the most is the, the coaching battle between Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn. Yeah, we were talking about that on our show yesterday. It's just like, who gets the bigger benefit out of that, right? I mean, you'd like to think that Kellen Moore's offense is more different than Dan Quinn's defenses, right? Because Kellen Moore's working with an entirely new group of players, whereas Dan Quinn working with largely the same group, right? At the same time, you know, if Dan Quinn does have a really good idea of how Kellen Moore sets up his protections in key moments, right? If he knows where the weak spots are and what to kind of whip buttons to push when things heat up a little bit, it definitely could derail the Chargers offense a little bit. Is there another big story from this game that you're looking at outside of just Kellen Moore getting revenge after the Cowboys so mercilessly let him go? I want to see the Cowboys defense. They were embarrassed by the 49ers. I mean, we talked about the offense and how much they struggled, only scored 10 points. To me, the bigger story is the defense. They gave up 42 points to the 49ers, and the starters for San Francisco didn't play in the fourth quarter at all. If Christian McCaffrey didn't fumble the ball at the one-yard line, they easily could have had 49 points in the first three quarters. Now the Cowboys are going to be without Leighton Van Der Esch, the only linebacker on the team that was playing at an even average level. Uh, The Cowboys have now lost four linebackers since the start of the preseason they're decimated there, which means Micah Parsons probably playing more off the ball linebacker, which is kind of funny because the first game that Parsons actually moved to edge rusher was when they played the Chargers back in 2021 in week two. So I want to see how they match up against this Chargers uh, offense, especially with Austin Eckler likely coming back this week. Obviously no Mike Williams, but this is the best quarterback the Cowboys have played or that, that they've played so far. And you can make an argument this is the best quarterback that they're going to play all season. I, I want to see how the Cowboys defense goes up against that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think especially, uh, like I've heard you guys talk about 
the Cowboys are a good team when they can get off script right now, right? If they get forced into situations where you have to come back in a game, that's been something that has been a problem for them, which is why, you know, they're the anti-Chargers. They haven't played a single one-score game yet. They've either totally buried teams or gotten themselves into holes that they couldn't get out of. I mean, I think the nice thing is, is for the Cowboys, you're going up against Chargers offensive line that's been a little shaky at times, and the Cowboys have a pretty good pass rush. And I think... For this Chargers offense, like you saw in the second half, without Mike Williams, they can have lulls, right? The Cowboys could put the Chargers in an offensive rut where it's hard for them to get back on track, get back on rhythm, and continue to keep putting up points. Like, I think the Cowboys defense is still really good. I'm not putting too much stock into, you know, giving up 42 points against the 49ers. I think they're probably the best team in the NFL right now. And it feels like, a you know, a game for the Cowboys where they're going to come out with a little extra, right? Dan Quinn's going to come out with a game plan that's going to be ready to go against the Chargers. And for the Chargers, it's, hey, you had one game without Mike Williams and you didn't score a point in the second half, right? Obviously, there's no Austin Eckler in the mix there, too. I think if he plays, you probably score a point in the second half. But there, this is a team that's kind of in flux right now offensively with a new offensive coordinator who only has four games under his belt. And now he's missing his second best receiver while trying to integrate a rookie in Quinn Johnston while trying to figure out how good Josh Palmer is as a you know wide receiver too for this team and what you do if Keenan Allen is not having you know a 200 yard game like you did against the Minnesota Vikings but Micah Parsons is the big one for me and seeing what that matchup looks like because I just watched Max Crosby totally you know wreck the Chargers yeah. offensive game plan in this last game and Micah Parsons and Max Crosby are in that same tier of game wrecking level of player that they can kind of single-handedly derail a couple drives and in a game like this that feels like it could decide things so we're going to be getting into the biggest matchups in this game and i'm I'm all my eyes on micah parsons we're going to get into that coming up right after this this episode is brought to you by price picks price picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in north america it is the easiest and most exciting way to play dfs because it's just you against the numbers Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, all you have to do is pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize picks is the most fun I've had playing DFS. You can win up to 25 times your money this football season. Again, all you have to do is select two or more players, pick more or less than on the projected stats, and then place your entry. I love how many different players you can choose from, how many different stat categories. Like you can go pick tackles or sacks or interceptions for defensive players. It's so much fun. Price Picks also offers weekly promotions that lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Price Picks will uh, discount select players' projections up to 25% uh, to provide even more value. I also love the Price Picks reboot policy where they reboot your entry if one of your players is injured in the first half and does not return for the second half. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. Go to prizepix.com slash NFL and use promo code LockdownNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepix.com slash NFL and use promo code LockdownNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Marcus, I mean, I think for this game, I'm looking at the biggest matchups, and I think there's a lot of different ways that you could go with it because I think in this game, there are mismatches on both sides. There are places where each team can kind of prod the other team and, and hit some weak spots that we've seen over the first quarter of the season so far this year. I mean, both of these, I think we can say, are flawed teams. You know, I know that the Cowboys, obviously, would be nice if they could show that they closed the gap, you know, with the 49ers a little bit. And obviously, that doesn't feel great right now. But they don't get the 49ers this week. You get the Chargers. And there's going to be some places they can find some success. So what are you looking at as far as the biggest matchups in this game that you're looking forward to seeing the most? I want to see the Chargers pass rushers, Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack against the Cowboys tackles. I actually thought the Cowboys tackles played pretty well against the 49ers. Terrence Steele struggled a little bit to block Nick Bosa, but that's Nick Bosa. If Dak doesn't feel comfortable his mechanics get way off, and that's when the problems start to happen for the Cowboys' offense. When he's comfortable and he's standing tall in the pocket, this offense is as good as any team in the league. I, I want to see what Khalil Mack looks like because I happened to happened to be there against the Raiders when he uh, had six sacks and absolutely took over that game. But I also watched the first couple of games of the year where he didn't have a pressure. What kind of Khalil Mack are we getting on Monday? Because I think that's going to probably decide how the Cowboys do on that side of the ball. Yeah, that's one of the ones I had for sure. I mean, I think the pass rush on both sides is a place that you can look and be like, hey, this is what is going to largely decide this game in the big moments. Because, I mean, it's a game of possessions. It's a game of drives. If you have a couple of big sacks and take away two scoring opportunities, right, or turn a touchdown into a field goal. If you can get somebody out of field goal range and totally take points away from them in that possession, that could be something that could decide a very close game. And I think the other big thing here has been the Chargers' rise of Tuli Tui Pelotu, right? That has been the total wild card that we didn't see coming this season was just what he was going to look like. I mean, he literally came in as a 20-year-old rookie. He turned 21 a week before the first game for the Chargers. And he's been awesome. And specifically, the package that has been the best for the Chargers so far this year is when they have Tuli Tuipolotu, Joey Bosa, and Khalil Mack on the field at the same time. We didn't get to see it last week as Joey Bosa missed the game. And last week, the Raiders decided to, with Khalil Mack on the field, right, and largely because there had been games where he hadn't been very productive pass rushing-wise, where they said, hey, we're going to double Tuli. I know Khalil Mack's out here. We're going to double Tuli. And they paid for it, obviously, in a big way because Khalil Mack goes off for six sacks and you know goes into that game with zero sacks and leads with the, the league lead in sacks in that game somehow, which is one of but, the wilder things to happen. By the way, what was USC doing with Tuli? Like, why did they have him playing at 295 pounds? It doesn't make any sense to me. No, I, dude, it was really wild because like seeing him, watching him on film and then seeing him when he showed up to chargers camp right like it was a totally different person like he had lost 30 pounds he came in just as a you know 
edge rusher, specifically mm-hmm. not a, some sort of hybrid because that's kind of what he was, right? Rushing on the interior, rushing on the outside. I don't know, but like the thing is too is USC's defense. <laughs> you know, there's probably a whole show just talking about yeah, all no, we, the we things don't, we wrong don't want to talk that. about Alex Grinch and that defense. No, no, we, we can't, man, because I don't know what is going on there, but I can tell you that it's not great no. at all. So, I, I mean, I think that's going to be big. That package for the Chargers, they, it's been, you know, they used it against the Titans a lot in week two. If you can get the Cowboys in those situations where it's obvious passing situations, and I think the game script is going to be such a big part of this, and you can have those three dudes on the field, it's going to be rough, man. Like, those guys are, somebody's going to get home. Somebody's going to win their one-on-one matchup. Somebody is going to take two blocks to open up a free sack for a Joey Bosa or a Khalil Mack. It's going to be huge. But, I mean, as I look at this game, the Cowboys have good players defensively, but Michael Parsons is a game wrecker. And to me, that's what I'm looking at the most because, like you talked about a little bit, I heard you guys on your show too, hey, he's going to be playing linebacker. It doesn't necessarily mean he's going to lose a ton of snaps on the edge, which I was hoping for, even though, you know, he's going to hurt wherever he is. But we saw Max Crosby wreck the game a little bit against the Chargers when they faced off against the Raiders, and the Chargers have had a hard time getting themselves out of holes when the protection does break down. And so how many snaps is he going to be on the edge? And I think the biggest difference from last week to this week is unlike Max Crosby, Micah Parsons has a legitimate guy on the other side, right? You have Demarcus Lawrence over there. The Raiders, it's Max Crosby and who else, right? And for me, if this Dallas defense comes out and totally dominates the line of scrimmage and totally can just get their wins at one-on-one in pass rush situations, it's going to be a long day for the Chargers. Yeah, I think you're right to to pick Parsons here because I – Here's my expectation. I don't expect Parsons to lose any pass rushing snaps. Now, where he lines up, we could debate. If I had to guess, if I had to guess, I think you're going to see him rush a lot right up, basically in the A gap. I mean, we didn't mention, but Corey Lindsay, the center for the Chargers, not playing in this game. He was yep. placed was on the NFI list, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So he's yeah. out at least the next three games. Right. But we have no idea that yeah. could be the season. You know? my, my guess is that the Cowboys are going to line Parsons up a lot over the center. That way he can blitz, try to impact Justin Herbert right away, and have him back up into the pressure of DeMarcus Lawrence and Dorrance Armstrong. But what I really expect to happen is on the plays where Parsons isn't rushing, instead of being on the sideline, he's just going to be playing off the ball linebacker. So I would not be surprised at all. This is one of the games where he plays – 98 to 90% of the 99% of the snaps, very similar to what he did against Tampa Bay in the playoffs where, Hey Parsons, you want a break? Go play linebacker instead of rushing the passer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what a break for him, right? You come, go get a blow. And it's just like, oh, actually, no, we need you back out there. So get yeah. back out there. You know, you'll get a break on special teams when they're out there. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I think him lining up on the interior scares me the most. Uh, because the thing is, is it's harder to help, right? Like you, you can't just put a tight end out there and chip Micah Parsons because they will line him up all over the place. And, and I think when you look at where the Chargers' weakest spot is in pass protection, you have two second-year guards in Zion Johnson and Jamari Sawyer. You have a, a backup center that's in the game right now. And the one thing that we saw last year when the Chargers did miss Corey Winsley because he did miss several games last year, was Will Clapp was fine but the players around him got worse, right? And I think it kind of showed you what Corey Lindsley was bringing to the table in that aspect where it's just like, hey, you're not really seeing, right, all of the things he's doing, with the protections he's setting, 
all of those things. And Dan Quinn would be very smart to attack that, right? A- attack the protections. Attack where they're going to get the help from. If it's the running back coming into chip, if it's the running back staying in to protect, and getting Austin Eckler back in pass protection is going to be huge. Getting him in the running game is big, but getting him back in pass protection is really, yep. really big too. But the Chargers have had some miscommunications. I've talked about it late in games, but it's really just been a problem for them all season long, just picking up the right guys in big moments. If you're the Cowboys, absolutely you're going to attack that. You're going to line Micah Parsons up against the guards and centers because that is where his best matchup is. Why rush him against Rashawn Slater if you can rush him against Jamari Sawyer, right? If you can rush him against mm-hmm. Will Clapp, it, it makes a ton of sense to me. It's definitely one of the things that has me most concerned going into this game. But for this game, the biggest player on the charger side of things that has to get things going is justin herbert they go as justin herbert goes so we're going to get into him and what it's going to take for the chargers to pull off the win in this one but first i do need to tell you guys that football season is here and lockdown is kicking up the coverage with lockdown nfl kickoff live each friday lockdown will go live at 2 p.m eastern on every lockdown nfl youtube channel host tanisha batiste jarvis davis and kyle Krabs are the best in the business and will break down every game get you ready for your fantasy matchups and just get the unique insight that every local Locked On expert brings to the table. So find the Locked On NFL kickoff at live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. We're getting into what's going to win this game coming up right after this. First, though, I need to talk to you guys about Jace Medical. And as Chargers fans know, it's not great when you're unprepared. And that's what Jace Medical is about. Everyone should be empowered to take care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency situation. Jace Medical makes sure that you have medication in hand. In Texas, there's actually a lot more things to worry about, I would say, than in California. I mean, we were supposed to get Hurricane Hillary. That ended up not being much. But it made you think, you know, how prepared am I? If things were to be bad, living in a world right now with natural disasters and pandemics and things like that, am I prepared if something were to go wrong? And I think that's what's so important about Jay's case, right? Having those things, having family members that rely on medication, it definitely opens your eyes to, okay, I need these things if things are to go wrong. And that's what Jay's case is here to do. It's simple. They'll handle everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using the code LOCKDOWN at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Marcus, I'm excited for this game. Monday Night Football, primetime Justin Herbert. And to me, he is the most important player in this game, uh, maybe even on both sides, just because I like the. I think that the Cowboys have a more complimentary offense. Like They need Dak to play well, obviously, but I, I like their running game more than I like the Chargers' rushing attack, which the last three games has pretty much been non-existent outside of a 50-yard rush last week by Darius Davis, kind of a gadget player. Justin Herbert last week struggled, right? I mean, I think a lot of people don't realize that, like, he had a 51-yard throw 
to win the game, to ice the game late against the Raiders. But like, if he didn't have that 51 yard throw, we're talking about like a sub 120 passing yard performance in a game. The Chargers, you know, didn't put up a single point in the second half. So I think the underrated part of this game is Justin Herbert's escapability. I know the Cowboys are going to find pass rush in this game. How he is able to navigate that pocket and how they are able to find the hot reads and try to keep the chains moving, I think is going to have a lot to do with his escapability and running away from Michael Parsons. Yeah, and for me, it's the, the Cowboys offense on first down. If the Ooh. Cowboys are unsuccessful on first down, they can't run the ball, they have a lot of incompletions, they could be in for a long day. We mentioned the pass rush. Like the Chargers have a good pass rush and they live to be in third and ten and third and long yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But if the Cowboys can get their ground attack going, then they can start using play action. They can start using the tight ends in the passing game. Keep an eye on how the Cowboys do on first downs because I think that's going to tell the story here for them. They're just an offense right now that under Kellen Moore, they used to be one of the league's best teams on third and 10 plus. Like Dak had this unbelievable ability to get them out of bad situations. Yeah. But in Mike McCarthy's offense so far, that hasn't been the case. So keep, keep close attention to first down efficiency from Dallas. Well, I think the great point that you make there is for the Chargers, they've given up a ton of explosive plays, right? And, and if Mike McCarthy wants it, man, there are going to be openings on first down. And what's hit them the hardest is when, since they kind of have a lacking run defense and they don't totally trust it, they will give you looks on first down to find explosive plays down the field. And the Chargers have given up some of the most explosive plays to uh, out of any team so far this season. They've played one less games than most teams, right? So I think that's going to be huge because that's where teams have been finding the chunk plays against this Chargers defense. It's on first down, and it seems like Every time they're still caught off guard, even though it's happened to them all season. And it feels like this is a game, too, where it's like if the Cowboys want it, they can find those big chunks on first down, you know, and stay away from those obvious third and long situations to let the Chargers pass rush get involved. And the Chargers is going to be huge, too. You cannot let Justin Herbert be trying to, you know, bail you out of third and 11s. When you have Micah Parsons on the field, like there's only so much scrambling you can do. And Micah Parsons is one of the best athletes in the NFL. Like you're not just going to be running away from him like Justin Herbert did to Max Crosby at times. Yeah, and, and they don't have the ability of Mike Williams where they can throw the ball down the field and get a 40-yard gain. Chuck now, up obviously, a prayer. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, Mike Williams is one of the best contested catch receivers in the NFL, and he's bailed the Chargers out year in and year out. Now you're relying on a rookie, Quentin Johnston, who struggled yeah. out of the gate, or Josh Palmer. I like Josh Palmer, but... He's not Mike Williams. So no. that's going to be the key for the Cowboys. Don't give up easy completions to Austin Eckler in first down to get you in second and four and second and three. Like those are spots. If the Chargers can stay ahead of the chains, they can keep this Cowboys defense off balanced. Yeah. And I think this is the biggest thing for me, Marcus, for the Chargers in this game. Play a clean game, right? Like yeah. if you look at the, the games, the Cowboys have won, right? Four takeaways against the Jets. They had field position of plus 37, plus 17, plus 47. Three takeaways, a blocked field goal, and a pick six against the Giants. And then three takeaways and two defensive touchdowns against the Patriots. Like, when the Cowboys' offense has been good, it's almost entirely been set up by their defense so far this year, right? Are hugely benefited by that. So, like, the Chargers played the first two games, didn't turn the ball over, and lost both games, right? They've had one turnover apiece in each of the last two games, and were able to get away with it. I don't think they can get away with it here. And I think this game could get away from them, right? If they have a couple of those mistakes, if they throw a pick six, if they can't get out of their own way offensively and they let this Dallas Cowboys defense help that Dallas Cowboys offense that realistically is still trying to kind of get things on track with Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup and all those guys, like 
that is what could lose the game for the Chargers. I think they have to play a clean game offensively. Can't wait. Should be a lot of fun. I'm sure there'll be absolutely no takes coming out of this game one way or the other, right? <laughs> yeah, Marcus. I mean, yeah, I'm sure that no one will overreact to what happens. I mean, we talked about it yesterday. Like, primetime games are great until they're not, right? Because not only you can go out there and look great, and you could go out there and give every, you know, Emmanuel Acho out there all the fodder that they need yeah, to talk for the next week. I mean, it's just... We're, we're just ignoring that one. Yeah, yeah, no. But I'm, I'm excited, man. I, I mean, Monday Night Football, I'm, I'm going to say that I think hopefully this is, you know, it's a close game. I think this could be the Cowboys' first one-score game of the season because that's really the only thing that the Chargers know how to do. Yeah, We have an extra day this week. It's a little weird, though. What do you guys have going on on Lockdown Cowboys for your guys' Friday episode this week? Yeah, we're going to be taking more Twitter questions. It seems like uh, the Cowboy fans, they want to be heard a little bit. They want to voice their concerns, and they've got a million different ideas on how to fix this team, including trading for Patrick Sertan or going yeah. out and getting a different quarterback. Uh, it's it's a weird time to be a Cowboy fan, I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I totally get it. Hey, if you guys want to take Patrick Sertan out of the AFC West, <laughs> send every pick. Complain. Send every pick that you can. Go get Patrick Sertan. I mean, if the Chargers could get him, I'd love that. But I don't think the Broncos are going to be too keen on that. We are supposed to be interviewing on tomorrow's show Quentin Johnson, the Chargers' first-round pick. So hopefully we can have that for the Locked On Chargers Friday show. But if you guys haven't already, make sure to go follow Marcus Mosier at Marcus underscore Mosier on Twitter. We just call it Twitter now. You can follow me at Dan Talk Sports. And to make sure you guys don't miss it, go subscribe or follow for free to the Locked On Chargers and Locked On Cowboys YouTube channels, as well as following them wherever you get your podcast from. We are so excited for this game. Buckle up, guys. Monday Night Football, two teams that have a ton of volatility to them. We should see some fireworks on Monday Night Football, but we'll see you guys back here for the Friday shows. Until then, take it easy. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.